here's what happened as a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of So Here's What Happened. I'm Nisha. And I'm Carolyn. And we are here to talk about all the things we have, well, not all the things, but our top things from October that we have watched and read. And I feel like this has been the longest month. I know that it technically is the longest month. This but, whole year has been long, <laughs> but yeah, no, right. it feels like forever since we did a recording, it's, yeah. Doesn't it? I, just, I don't know why. I just feel like it has just been so long, but that means I, I feel like I had a lot of time to watch stuff and actually start reading, which I feel like I don't ha- ever have enough time to do. Yeah. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of um, TV shows and mm-hmm. I haven't read as much as I wanted to. I've been reading... Um, and because I've started learning Korean, so I've started practicing and like most of the stuff I'm reading is like the dictionary, but I only started mm. recently. I've been quite lax and I've been doing a lot of writing and interviews and stuff. So I've been busy, but somehow I don't feel like I was busy. <laughs> this is kind of weird. Yeah, that's true. Hey, nothing wrong with being busy as long as you take time for yourself. Yeah, I was busy, but it, I, I, I was thinking to them, like I did a lot of stuff, but I don't feel like I did much. And it's kind of weird. <laughs> Oh my gosh, no, you definitely do a lot. I mean, like, speaking of you and doing stuff, I know we dropped some episodes of Carolyn Talks. Yes, we did. Month. Yeah, so y'all can go and check out that stuff over there. That's some other stuff that Carolyn does. I enjoyed the interviews that you had and the guests you were talking to. Very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I just, I understand when you feel like, huh, there's just not enough time. Or you feel like you've done a lot, but then you felt, then you realize, like, have I? <laughs> we know so maybe it's because I maybe because I stay way too late watching K dramas and ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my gosh, that's well, too much. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let's get into it. Um, I will let you go first with what you've been reading. Um, I started reading romance books. I had taken a break because I was mm-hmm. trying to, like, you know, read, like, heavy books. Because I was reading books, you know, like, the, I mentioned the expanse books and stuff before in previous episodes. But I started back reading romances. So, though, um, I've read it twice already. Um, it's um, called Rafe Above Mill Nanny. Um, it's number one in the Loose Ends book series by Rebecca Witherspoon. And it's an interracial mm. romance. It's so good. Um, the characters are super fun. Um, the lead is called... Sloan Wickholm. She's a cardiothoracic surgeon. And the male is, of course, a male nanny. His name is... Um what's his... Oh, what's Rafe's name? Oh, no, wait. Her name is uh, Sloan Copeland, sorry, and he's Rafe Wickholm. So he's the mm-hmm. male nanny that she hires to look after her two twin daughters. And um, I kind of relate to it a little bit because I'm a twin myself. And so, like, some of the antics that her daughters get up to, I'm like, yeah, my sister should have done similar. And so it's really interesting. And it's a trope that I've always been interested in, in reading romance novels, but it's not one that you see often. If you see, it's probably in fan fiction. So I think this mm-hmm. is the first... Um, the first actual book I've read with a male nanny as one of, as the lead. So yeah, so it's interesting and it's a really good book. It's steamy. Like Rebecca is, is fantastic at writing um, love scenes. They are a bit short, but um, but I think it fitted the book really well. And like it's, I I would recommend her books to anyone. Like her books are very well written. And the thing with her characters is like she gives them all like different professions, and a lot of them also have um, they're, they're some of them are neuroatypical. So mm-hmm. there's a few books where some of the characters, where one of the the male, the female lead characters, she's autistic, um, and then there's hmm. another 
book where the male lead, um, he's on the spectrum. It's like not defined, but like he himself says that he thinks he's autistic, but he was never diagnosed because like, you know, sometimes parents overlook these things or they might mm-hmm. just think, oh, you're, you're, you're just slightly odd or you're just slightly weird. And it's only out, like when they get diagnosed as adults. So I think it's interesting mm-hmm. where you have those kind of things where you have a character who's diagnosed as autistic as a child. She knows that she's autistic, but then you have one with a male character. He never knew until like he was older and he started to think, you know what, maybe I should research this. So it's interesting, but for um, uh, Ray for Buff Male Nanny, is, I love the book. It, I would recommend her books to anyone. And like, yeah, like sometimes you just want, especially in these political times, and like you just want something like to read. And like, I would recommend it. If you want some good, some good, um, I wouldn't say erotica, but some nice uh, romance with some steamy love scenes, I would recommend it. <laughs> Okay, yeah. No, that sounds like something I could get into. I mean, I do love my icy heart occasionally loves to be warmth with romance things. So Mm -hmm, I could get mm -hmm. into that. (laughs) Your icy heart. Uh, I just feel like your fan fiction comment was like a call out to me. (laughs) I listen, I only started reading fanfic about three three years ago and I can mm-hmm. tell you when I started reading fan fiction when Rick and Michonne became a thing on The Walking Dead that's mm. when I started reading fan fiction but the thing is is like growing up we, we, we kind of read fanfic but we did, it didn't have a name until probably yeah. I would say the last probably I would say from the last seven six years did it really become like a thing but people have always been writing fan fiction right so I, I, I was always mm-hmm. on forums and people like write short stories or we ourselves would make up our own um, ideas and our own stories about characters that we read or watched on TV and we make our own thing so like now it's becoming more mainstream but yeah mm-hmm. like, I'm a fan fiction I'm a, like and I've, I've said to like many people like sometimes the, the best fan fics I read are way better than the actual stories on the shows and the movies that we watch Oh, for sure. I mean, if I can, if we could get some of the people who write these fan fictions to get a job mm. in the writing in the writers' room, I Come would be like the shit. Oh, they could save The Walking Dead. But listen, <laughs> listen. Oh, I'm so I, I I'm mad. I have to go and finish la- last season just so I can finish this season. I'm listen. Just not, mentally there you you know how i feel about the walking it and how it has regressed mm-hmm. as a show like it breaks my heart because it was one of the few it was one of the few show actually as the same way i got into fan fiction because of um walking dead mm-hmm. um i got into life tweeting and writing because of walking dead because i started mm-hmm. writing my own reviews on tumblr because of um because of walking dead um so that's how i actually that's how i started writing right so it kind of breaks my wow. heart that the show's like mm-hmm. this i'm like the show that got me into actually writing and looking to pursue a career in in television and film criticism and like writing about entertainment is because of the walking dead and look at what has mm-hmm. happened and it breaks my heart i feel you it's just yeah Sometimes things have to should end earlier than said. But that's why we have fan fiction. Like you said. Amen. It lives on in fan Amen. fiction. Amen. Thank goodness for women like Fatola. Like her um a new day mm-hmm. series, her books, her fan fiction is keeping just sustaining me through these weary times of The Walking Dead. <laughs> and I probably yeah. won't even watch past this next coming episode because Rick dies and I'm like, what's the purpose? Rick Michonne is gonna be there, but I think they're gonna mess her storyline up so bad. The only oh. way I can see her getting a re- um they redeeming the storyline. I, after Rick dies she's gonna take mm-hmm. um, Judith and I feel she's pregnant and she's gonna go to the Oceanside community and live there and raise her children and it kind of sucks because then again she'll be a black woman raising um, her children alone right 
That's right? what I'm really upset. I'm like, so, and I, okay, I, me and you love Rick. Mm. Okay, sorry, y'all, y'all have seen that we have off track, but excuse us for a moment. No, we are talking. Oh yeah, we haven't reached TV shows because we haven't even talked. Okay, you know what? Let's table this. We're gonna come yeah. and talk about this in the TV section. Let's talk about <laughs> okay. what you read. <laughs> Let's okay. you come we'll back there. to this. <laughs> Good job. See, this is why you're the co-host. <laughs> I needed you. Um, so, if y'all are like me and you sometimes know, well. You know the world is trash. Mm. Like constantly, we're reminded on Twitter and then Man. the news that the world is trash. Mm. And <laughs> I personally need a little pick me up, a little mini pep talk sometimes. And it's hard to do that all the time for myself. But I have found a book. Well, first off, I was following Lin Manuel Miranda, who gives like the most encouraging pep talk tweets. Like, he's been doing this for years. Mm-hmm. But recently, earlier this year, it was discussed. Someone kind of, like, threw it out there. Like, are you ever going to collect all these tweets and put them into a book? And lo and behold, did we know that he was doing that. And I have that book. It is called Good Morning, Good Night, Little Pep Talks for You and Me. And it is the best thing I could have bought for myself. I mean, obviously, therapy is a wonderful thing. I'm just saying sometimes I like to read something that I can kind of like walk throughout the day with. Right. In my brain. And then it's it's nice. Like it's this isn't exactly a traditional book that you sit down and you read from page to you know, like there's not a story, but it's just like his little ramblings and poems and like things that are just super encouraging and I think it's really really helpful for a lot of people it could be something like good morning like this one patches passages good morning check your pockets got your keys weights okay let's go and then it's like the next one is good night check your brain got your dreams ready weights okay let's go like so it's not it's like it's more of poetry than it is of like a novel or anything but they're mm-hmm. often illustrated yeah. by johnny's son and i just like i think because, like, one, I'm a fan of Lin-Manuel Miranda. So I, I love to support the people that I love, like, the artists that I love. So yeah. when I found out this was going to happen, I was like, oh, I, I'm going to get it. And also I enjoy, like, even though some people were like, well, why would I buy the book if I could just get his tweets? I'm like, just support people. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, but it's, like, little, because I think everybody sometimes needs that little pep talk that they can, like, reach into a book, flip up on a page, read, like, four four lines, and be like, huh, the world isn't so trash. Everything's mm. not that bad. Or, and just the reminder of, like, it's gonna be okay. And that's kind of what this book does for me. I really enjoy it. It's a nice break from, like, what I traditionally do with books. Well, I mean, it's the same thing I do. I don't read this. I haven't read it from, like, beginning to end because I can just pick it up and read the next page the next day. Or, like, or I could read it all in one setting. But as y'all know on here, I have a problem where I pick up a book and I get halfway through and then I pick up another book. So this is the perfect book for me, is what I'm saying. Yeah, because <laughs> I'll I'll keep coming back to it. Right, because it's um, short and like um because the, like the sections are short, right? So it's nothing that you have to focus mm-hmm. too hard on. Exactly, it's just right. something. It's nice little poems you can take throughout the day and pep and pep talks. So, yeah, it's good. We all need a little bit of pep talk every now and then. Oh yeah, again, especially the in these fresh. kind of things. Especially you need like daily affirmations. So I guess it's, it sounds like it'll be good for like daily yeah. affirmations and that kind of stuff, right? Like I need, I mm-hmm. have to start doing that. I used to do that. I used to send out tweets like that in, um, on mornings instead of like daily affirmations. And I'm thinking I'm going to start back doing it because mm. like you wake up 
it, like, especially the last few months, you wake up and like you turn on Twitter and you mm-hmm. look and it's like, oh, madness is like, again, this fool, you know who I'm talking about. This fool yeah, says something stupid does. again or some celebrity or something says something. You're like, oh, come mm-hmm. on. And I stopped and I, I'm like, you know, I'm going to probably start back and like post like songs. I usually like post like, you see you post like my, mm-hmm. uh, my favorite songs, like you tweet to my favorite songs. So I think I'm going to start back. Start the day off with something positive instead of a, instead mm-hmm. of a snarky no. comment of its aspiration. <laughs> Yeah, I think you know what, and you're right. I think, like you said, it's like it's affirmations, and you're right. I think that's probably like a better way of describing them because I don't think I think it's a reminder of that, like words. Of course, yeah. we know that words mean things, but sometimes we forget that words can make us feel things too. Like sometimes a poem can really like change your attitude in a moment. Like I could sometimes I have moments where I feel like I need to seclude myself and I get depressed, and then sometimes I find something that I can escape to. And it cheers me up. Like, usually it's a book, it's video games, or it's anime, something that cheers me up. So I think, like, but having affirmations, I think people forget that, like, sometimes words really can impact you and, like, change your whole mood for the day. Especially when, like you said, when you wake up and you see the the news, you're just like, what is this world we're living in? Barry Allen has fucked up the timeline again. (laughs) Hey, Barry, you idiot again. (laughs) That's, all, that's the only reason we can explain any of this. And Mary I was like, Allen has should have stayed away from the dance speed force. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm reading. It's fun, and I like the little illustrations that come along with it. So it's a good time. Yeah, no, because I've seen a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of um, our mutuals, they follow in and like they retweet his tweets. And like, I do see them. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really comment on them because like some, sometimes I just see them. I'm like, oh, there's nice thought. So it's like, it's it's something that is needed, especially in this time. And like, some people might say it's corny, but I'm like, you know what? You need something light and you need something that you don't have to like, you don't need to look deeper into it. It's like, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a positive thought. Like we need as much positive thoughts as we can get in this day and age. So for, yes. for sure, like I, like I just said, we would recommend it to anyone who needs it. And it'd be a great gift to, cause it's about, how big is the book? It's not that big. It's about, let me see. I have it right here next to me. It is only 201 pages. So it's like the so. size of a diary, I guess. Yeah, it's basically like a diary. Right, so you can walk around with it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I literally just walk around. I have it in my bag because I I, my commute to work is like an hour and a half. Right. So, I mean, like, it's the perfect thing for me to have if I just want to, like, pull it out and, like, read a few pages. And it's, like, like I said, it's just nice. Mm-hmm. It's it's not something you have to dive into or over-examine. Like you said, I think that's something we forget sometimes to enjoy. Like, we, you don't have to, like... Some things don't have to be that deep for us to enjoy them. Right. Like, it can be super simple. So I think you made a good point there, too. Yeah. Um, right. So, so that's it for books. So yep. there's that. And mm-hmm. I guess next for us, for our TV show... Mm-hmm. Um, I went first with books, so you can go first with TV shows. Okay. So, I started watching, well, yeah, Sabrina came out last weekend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I dove right in because, okay, here's a little tidbit, y'all. Um, my father is a pastor. I'm a PK. I'm a preacher's kid. and But I always loved magical stuff and spooky shit. So, mm-hmm. I could never fully <laughs> embrace it. <laughs> I know. Typical rebellious embra- preacher's kid. Uh, yeah, it's just, typical. We we didn't get to do Halloween. We had Hallelujahween or Holyween, and then uh, I've never heard of that. Was, 
it's, you had to you went to the church and you dressed up as a character from the Bible. <laughs> Never. We yeah. would do that, but Go for, like, ahead. plays and stuff, but not, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I never... But I always like spooky stuff. I love magic. I love all this stuff. Like, I never got to enjoy Harry Potter until I got to college. Like, I was deprived. So, when this show came out, when it was announced and I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be spooky, Sabrina. I'm in. And then I found out the people that created Riverdale are... Like, this is a spinoff from Riverdale, but it's just gonna be on Netflix. Oh, okay. And I was like, I'm sold. Even though Riverdale has gone down a weird path that I'm, I'm just not ready to approach yet after season one. Um, this is, I'm just saying, back to my point, I love this show. Um, I like that it is addressing a lot of issues, but I will say it's not perfect. Like, okay, sorry for the premise. Sabrina is just now turning 16. She's half human, half witch, similar to the to the 90s sitcom. However, this is not the campy 90s sitcom. This is like, there are demons. They say Satan. Like, they say, like, when you turn 16 as a witch, you have to sign your name in his book and you sell your soul to him, basically. Like, you, you give your allegiance to him. See? And I was just like, I'd be like they nah. Be saying, <laughs> no, they be saying praise Satan. I'd be like, I got to turn this down. I don't, I don't play with that. Mute. Um, <laughs> Put it on nope. mute. I, I skip it. Um, but when like, but you know how like Supernatural is? Did you ever watch that show? I've seen a few episodes. Like back okay. on the Barbados when it was like really, it's still as popular, but like we didn't have that channel. Mm-hmm. But I've seen if I would go by friends, I may catch in like an episode or two here and there. Mm. Well, it's, kind of, it's very similar to how the same tone as Supernatural is. So it's yeah. like... You got demons, you got monsters, you got... She's learning to become a witch. She um, is trying to hide her secret life from the people she cares about, like her friends at human school. But she's also trying to, like, embrace her heritage, but also trying to let them know, like, hey, I'm a half-witch and I'm half-human. Um, I'm not, like... It, I, there has to be another path for me. I shouldn't be forced to only choose one path. Mm. Um, and it really explores the lore of it. And I think it's a lot of this is based off of the 2014 comic, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which is more, which is the comic book that is more um, dramatic and more uh, spooky. I don't know how else to put it. Like, it, it's, when I say dramatic, I mean, like, people getting killed. And yeah, I know what I mean, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so back to the, my one, my biggest criticism is that like while they do challenge issues like feminism like you know women have to stick together they make a woman they would they form a women's group at Sabrina's school in the first episode and they call it wicca which i'm like okay that's cool and then like her best friend one of her best friends is black and one of the other friends is, is gay or at least it's it's actually i would i don't know i don't want to say if she's gay i am assuming that she's gay so that's probably wrong but i would say that she is she doesn't i don't want to mess this up she does not conform to um, gender norms. Like she dresses as a boy. As she, so I would say maybe she hasn't said it outright yet. But so maybe she's like, like queer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I would I would say she's like she's but she's being bullied by boys at the school because she doesn't dress like a girl and like they call her the D word and all this other stuff. So that's like those are some of the issues they're kind of like scratching the surface on Mm -hmm. so i'm like i give them credit for that but then it's at the same time it's like you gotta dig a little bit deeper and then there is one episode and this is a trigger warning and a spoiler where there's another witch her name is her name is prudence Ah, i love 
I love her. Ah, yes, this episode. I've seen many people talk about it on Twitter. Yeah, there's been a few articles about it. Clarkisha wrote about it and a few other reviewers. And I agree with them. They really forgot the that, you know, you thought it was okay to lynch a black woman on TV. Mm. Like, I mean, lynching is wrong regardless, but y'all forget, like, the impact of seeing a black body being lynched. Like, that's shit that's really happening. I mean, of course, people are going to say, well, like, which the witches were lynched. They were hung. And I'm like, yeah, but y'all constantly make this character out to be, like, the... I mean, the demonizer. The bully. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just like that was like my biggest criticism on it. It's like I, I love Prudence, but I'm like y'all gotta understand. It's like Sabrina's not perfect either. She uses her privilege when she wants to. Um, I would say it is good that Sabrina, Sabrina is the main character, so she's supposed to be the hero. But I feel like Sabrina's very quick to not acknowledge um, like Prudence's situation of being an orphan and being like having to work so hard to get where she is in her status. Um, throughout her life being an orphan witch so I mean and I don't know I just feel like that's like my biggest thing about it was like that episode and the hanging so yeah, yeah. I've seen now because you see I, well first and first I'm not gonna watch it because I do not do well with films or TV shows about the occult like, I can watch mm-hmm. like some things if it has like a mysticism or um maybe like some witchcraft or whatever but when like yeah. they go full on into the whole satanic rituals and stuff like hey no yeah. i check out like uh, you understand that you were raised by your father as a preacher and i from the caribbean like we're mm-hmm. not only conservative but we like we we when it comes to like certain things with like oh the satanic and the occult we do not mess around and i myself oh, yeah. have had experiences and my sister went to school with people who who deal who deal with like witchcraft and like i knew people who did that kind of stuff I'm like I do not mess around even with TV shows. I'm like, mm-hmm. no. People are like, oh, it's just TV shows. Like, uh, it's just like it can be fake incantation. I'm like, you don't know where the writers got those incantations from. You don't know if they're real or not. Like, I don't. I do not take my chances. And the closest I would come to, I would say, watching one recently was when I watched Hereditary, and I did mm-hmm. not. Stay. I left like. 10 minutes before the ending because I was just like, my warning bells were going off and I was like, yeah, no, time to skedaddle and get out of here. Um, but, so that's one of the reasons I'm not going to watch the show. And also I saw a lot of people talk on Twitter talking about um, what happened with Prudence and I was pissed. I even sent out a tweet. I'm like, because I couldn't mm-hmm. believe it. I'm like, they did what? They they hung her and apparently she didn't die, which means that so she's, she went through the whole suffering of, of she went through the whole process of being hung and the suffering the pain that comes with being hung and then she didn't mm-hmm. even die so like that's I, I don't know how actors do it like that's one thing that always yeah. gets me with black actors like I don't know how they do it but like then for that to happen and then for and like you know when you got shows written by white people like they think these kind of they don't they do not think about the impact and the visual impact for, for black Agreed. audiences to see these kind of things like they would think oh it's in the past I'm like mm-hmm. oh it's just a TV show I'm like nah that is does it does get you because um mm-hmm. Like, literally, like, two minutes after I saw that twin and responded to it, I, I was watching The Walking Dead, and it's the, the, sh- the freaking show starts with Michonne going outside at night and seeing a black, um, he's a, he, he would have been a walker then, but a black man hanging from a tree. And I'm like, they're in the freaking South, they're in Virginia, I think. And I'm mm-hmm. like, um, who the hell thought this was a good idea? Why did he have to be strung up? I mean, like... 
Mm-hmm. Out of all the different types of death you see for walkers, like you have to put a black black man's body hanging from a tree at night and have it be discovered by a black woman. Like what? That shit is not light. We don't take that stuff light because yeah. like people are still being lynched. Like exactly no, right. Like and I like, think f you like, say to the writers that do that. I don't care. But I'm like I get mm-hmm. it. I piss people off. But I'm like that shit. Like, it hurts, right? And it's not taken lightly. Oh, no, for sure. And I mean, like, it's the same. We said the same issue after American Gods with the scene that happened to Shadow Moon when mm-hmm. he was hung. Yeah. Even like, yes, I've read the book and I know the source material. But y'all have to like these writers have to understand, like these directors have to understand the impact of what that does to some people. Like there are still people who can remember lynchings who remember maybe their family members being lynched. Mm-hmm. It is a traumatic thing to see anybody throw through. And I just feel like there's got to be another way. Y'all, there has like, to be like there has to be another what? way you can you can write around it like i get it I, I get the historical context when it comes to like you know the salem witch trials witches were hung i understand that however y'all gotta understand maybe that's just something that needs to be retired it's from exactly TV. like if you can take poetic license with a whole bunch of other um stereotypes and tropes and whatever why can't you do mm-hmm. with that like find another way like oh uh, i mean like mm-hmm. torture and death is hard for anyone to see but like there is a sp- there is a certain kind of emotional reaction that black people do get to seeing black people hung on film or in mm-hmm. tv right and, and it's not something that will ever change because we're still being targeted black people are still being targeted and killed yep. for being black so like when you see that kind of shit it does trigger us Yep. Oh, for sure. Um, my one last thing I would say is, so that was my biggest criticism about that. And I think I, for the, I'm still finishing it up, but mm-hmm. I, and again, I would say is that I want to see more of them going deeper with the issues they're touching on. Cause like it is, it's, I would say it, I don't, I hate to use the word woke, but it is, it is pretty woke in their terms of TV where they're like addressing misogynist, misogynistic, um, behavior and you know like women supporting women and it's like so far I'm just like okay let's let's see if y'all can get past the intersectionality test because that's really my challenge with it, most of these shows is when y'all want to talk about feminism but you don't want to talk about intersectionality or inclusion so but I would say it's still a pretty good show it's interesting and I, I do like the fact that like so like to your point I also don't play with demons I mean, like, I like spooky shows. I like scary shows, like Supernatural and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I think I like the part where Sabrina kind of just, like, flat out says, like, I don't want to go to hell. And then, like, so it's kind of like, they, they it's a conversation around it. So it's kind of like she's coming off as the good witch and all that. Like, yeah. she's, trying, she's trying to set herself apart. So I think it's kind of, I think I like that it's building the lore of the world up. Like, it's not just, you know throwing a whole bunch of things at you like it's taking its time to build up like the like their history and stuff and different things but yeah i will say i will still mute when they say praise satan because <laughs> like, i don't nah. like saying it I, i'm not playing oh god i need polio oil um, <laughs> go get that olive oil and sprinkle it <laughs> yeah oh and the last thing ambrose he is perfection he must be protected at all costs he is sabrina's cousin and he is fine Yes, I he, think what was it? I think it's Rebecca ooh. Theodore Vachon. She loves his character. She like yes. she tweets about him all the time. She like she loves him. He is just like he's goals. I don't like he wants to leave the house, of course, but at the same time, like I just want to stay at the house and chill with Ambrose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm comfortable with that. And him and I can't remember. I think his name is Lucas. Him and his boyfriend. I think they're becoming a couple. They're so cute together. 
So it's adorable. <laughs> I like them better than than Harvey and Sabrina. Okay, ah. I rambled on enough about that. That's enough. okay. That's where we're about. Um, okay, and so for my turn for TV shows, um, mm-hmm. so my new favorite TV show is Single Parents. It's an ABC comedy. And mm-hmm. it's the first comedy, I think, that's like this, where you it's an ensemble show. So, like, I think think they're doing as each with each consecutive episode i think you're getting better at giving all the main characters like equal screen time especially the adults um mm-hmm. so it has let's see two for um it has five main five main leads so the the main lead is tyron killam leeton um leeton meester and uh, kimry lewis jake Choi, and brad garrett and I, it's honestly funny i, I like i I think it's hilarious, and I relate to so much of what ha- what's going on. Even as a, even I'm not a parent, but I do work with kids, and I've been around kids like my whole life. I've worked in day nurseries, I've worked as a nanny, and I work at a public school. Like I've been around kids, so like a lot of things that the the, the kids, the characters say and do. Like I'm like, yep, I've been there, I've experienced this, and um and it's really good. And I think the 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 character, the main characters are really well rounded. There are some issues with it, um, but I like that. You, you it's you have Jake Choi who's um who plays Mickey Park so he's Korean American yes. and Kimberly Lewis she's African American so apart from Fresh Off the Boat correct me if I'm wrong I think this might be the only other American TV show that has um an Asian male character as a lead. So the only, the, I say American because we have, you know, Kim's Convenience, but Kim's Convenience is a Canadian show, right? So yeah, for right. American, no, I think right. Jake, apart from um, Randall Park in Fresh Off the Boat is the only adult male Asian American lead, which I think is a pretty, mm-hmm. is, which I think is a big, a big deal. And it's in a comedy and his mm-hmm. character is not, is not your stereotypical Asian, right? He's, um, I call him a adorable, cluelessly adorable. Uh, which mm. I love. He's a sneakerhead, but like all the, I love all the characters. I will say my, the character that that has been giving me problems recently is Will, which is the main, which is a male white lead. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I find him to be. At first, he was like, "Oh, he he's kind of awkward because like he's been single forever and and he didn't know he's like not comfortable around women or whatever." But in the last episode, I had a problem with how his character is written in the fact that he he was very condescending and he was mansplaining to um, a woman. I I think she's Latina or Latin or Afro Latina. Um, mm. And she's a pediatrician, and because he read her books, he read all her journals or whatever. He was correcting her and telling her what she what she thinks she was gonna say and thinks she was gonna do in a medical examination for his friend's kid. And I'm like, uh, dude, just because you read her her journals and her essays or whatever in a medical journal mm-hmm. does not give you the right to be telling her what she can or cannot do. And I thought it was condescending, and he was mansplaining. Mm-hmm. And somehow she found that attractive. I'm like, no. Ugh. No, there's arrogance, there's attractive arrogance, which is like, you know, alpha males, but then there's condescending mansplaining, and that shit is not attractive. So it's that not. bothered me a lot. And yes. I'm like, I hope they change that with the character. I hope it gets better mm-hmm. because that is, I would say, my my biggest flaw with the show so far. When it started, my other flaw was um, was Poppy, played by Kimberly Lewis and, and Miggy. Yes. They were, <laughs> when it first, in the first couple of episodes, I was like, I hope, 
they they flesh them out some more we get more backstory with them and that mm-hmm. they weren't just there as supporting because it's supposed to be ensemble right which means everyone is supposed to get equal time and I was like mm-hmm. I hope they flesh this out so they, they we are getting more time with them with each episode but I do have a mm-hmm. problem with how Will is being developed for sure yeah I mean first off yes I'm so happy you talked about this show I love it so much I almost picked it for my top pick <laughs> it's just first off like a lot of us on Twitter at least like I know you follow Jake and I follow Jake and I just like it's so awesome to see him get this role mm-hmm. and to have this attention and I'm just so happy so Jake if by some chance you listen to this we are so I'm just so happy for you <laughs> and I love you so much and it's just because he's so real and he deserves this mm-hmm. like he really, really deserves this. Oh, like, he does. Just, like, just, oh my God. And like, I'm no, I'm so right happy now, for him. No, still. but no, seriously, because like, especially mm-hmm. yeah, because we know him, but also just like in in general, because because uh, like our, one of the biggest, um, I guess you could say, through lines of our show is talking about representation, and mm-hmm. when you have characters like Jay, you you don't want to see the stereotypical male yeah. Asian male lead or a stereotypical Asian female lead, which was kind of like um, mm-hmm. Lana Condor had with to all the boys I've loved before, and she was yeah. a she was a typical teenager right yeah she's korean american but mm-hmm. she was typical and like that wasn't something that we that we've ever seen um on a in a big on a, in a big film project before yeah it came out on netflix but it's still a big project and mm-hmm. for for jake as miggy like it's still a big deal because like we don't see that on north american television right i'm accustomed to seeing that because like i watch i say watch a lot of asian dramas so yeah. like i see characters that look like him and that act like him like that mm-hmm. like literally every night when i'm watching i'm uh, watching them on t on, on my laptop but for most north american audiences or i should say western audiences he like his character and Randall Park's character fresh off the boat are, are are something they haven't seen before right so it does matter and it does matter that he does get um proper screen time and that he does get proper mm-hmm. development and while his character may not be stereotyped is, is not a stereotyped character like that they don't fall into certain tropes and that they don't make him into a joke you get what I mean like yes. yeah his character is funny but then there's a difference between being intentionally funny and then making a joke off the character making the character into a caricature right oh, so agreed. yeah so and it's no, just yeah it's sure. same thing with um, Kim Reese's character Poppy like I was afraid mm-hmm. that they were going to make her into like the typical best Yes. best female black friend right I'm like I don't want mm-hmm. to see her get silent as the one that they always go to for advice or whatever and that's something I hope that they that the writers are paying attention to and because we're, we've seen enough of that with black female characters where they're always the best friend they're the one that people always go to with mm-hmm. with advice and one that they always go to for help to look after the kids or whatever like I want her to get her own story I want her I want to see where she came from I want to know her history mm-hmm. and like that kind of stuff right yeah and I agree with you there because like when I saw her on there I was just like oh I love her like I love first off everyone who's paired with their children is adorable yeah but like I specifically love Miggy and Poppy like with their children man no seriously they are my favorite characters (laughs) yeah like you see I mean yes they're my favorite and I want them to end up together but I feel like that won't happen no I think you're putting her I'm seeing them I think I'm seeing them putting her with Douglas played by um, Brad Garrett uh, which is fine because they have a really really good camera the the characters have Really good chemistry and like they they oh, yeah. kind of fit each other well but yeah. um like for for miggy like 
like I don't know, maybe he, he might go back with the if he goes with the with um baby Jack's adorable mm-hmm. baby Jack's mom, it would be good because like I believe that character is supposed to be Asian American too. So mm-hmm. if we get if they do bring back that character it, well, yeah. not bring back because we never seen it. But if they do bring Jack's mother into the story, it would be good to see a young Asian couple on TV as well, mm-hmm. right? So, like, that'd be great as well. That's that's a great point. And you know, like, because his like his backstory is that he agreed to take care of the baby so she could go off to college. Exactly. And I'm like, I mean, that story alone, I'm sure that's a real life story for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But just like we don't get to see that a lot, where like a single father agreed to take care of the child so that the mother can go. And usually, it's the mother sacrifices in TV mm-hmm. in this kind of storyline. Um, so I like that. I like that Poppy has her own business. And that yes. she seems to be the most mature emotionally, but it's also shown that she struggles with like her emotions too, and like you know having conf- having conflicts with her ex and not wanting to like her child see that. So she finds a way to like work that out. She just seems like the voice of reason, mm-hmm. but I do still want her to develop beyond that. Like I want to see more of her. Like I see, I feel like they invest in like. I can't remember the other woman, main, the main character. Um, that's I, I, I mean, Lita, um, Angie, Lita Meter's character, Lita Meester, oh, like a tongue twister. Um, Angie, yes, her. <laughs> yeah, it's Angie. Yeah, I feel like Angie and Will kind of like alternate as the focal points yeah. in some episodes. So I'm, I'm totally with you is that I don't want it to become like these two are the mains and these two are in the back or like the, the B plots. Yeah. I think it'd be, I mean, I feel like, you know, Modern Family, as long as that show has been on, it does a decent job of, you know, balancing the focal point between characters sometimes. But I, I think it'll be a challenge. I think that's going to be a challenge for them. I don't think it's impossible. I just think it's like, hey, can we have this episode focused more on Poppy? Oh, it's so. it, for sure. It's not impossible because like when you have a show, let me guess. So because they just got um, they just got approved for a full season, which means they're probably because they just got picked up. So they're probably going to get their second season. So, mm. for instance, if the first season is your yeah. 10, 12 episodes, it's, yeah. it's perfectly possible for them to have at least two episodes each focusing on Poppy, mm-hmm. Biggie, and maybe even Douglas, because we this episode, the last one was the one where we got to see a little bit more of Douglas as well. So like mm-hmm. doing two or three episodes each on on the on on everyone is like it's like seriously possible and then even if you have the one focusing on the kids because we only see the kids when they're with the parents so if they had like episodes mm. capsule episodes where the kids are at school and we see how they are at school whatever it's it's perfectly possible it's just the writers have to be paying attention and being cognitive of of where they're taking the characters and being cognitive of what people are seeing online because you know me my mom as we would say at home my mom got on the cover so if I see a problem mm. I will tweet it out and I'm like uh yeah if you want a consultation call me I'm here tweet me yeah hit my girl up <laughs> right her. I'm like this is we where you don't want to go get the, look we all just trying to get paid I mean exactly. I just want to pay off the student loan debt and I'll be happy that's I all got, I want I got oh lord I didn't even oh um mm. yeah I, I gotta get paid too. Oh wait, it was just mm-hmm. never mind. Something just clicked in my head. That's something I need to do. Um, <laughs> has to do with student loans. <laughs> um, yeah. What was I gonna say? Oh, well, yes. Thank you for bringing up that show. Awesome. And yes, just y'all, please support it. Keep watching it. And uh, it's just really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we move on to TV, so since we tabled Walking Dead, yes. we're just gonna give ourselves. We're gonna keep. I'm gonna put a timer. We got ten minutes. <laughs> yes. We got, okay. Now okay. We're gonna get. 
So we're gonna go. Okay, go. Yeah, <laughs> okay, go. so I don't know what the hell is going on with The Walking Dead, but it's trash. Um, <laughs> it's been trash for at least two seasons. Oh my gosh, like it is. I cannot believe how badly this show has turned. Um, yep. I this season, I like season eight was garbage. Season eight was the worst season. At least I thought mm-hmm. it was. Um, they kept Negan alive. Negan did not need to live. Like his throat was slit. Let him bleed out. Let him die. Let Maggie. Let Maggie get her justice for Glenn. Glenn and Abraham yep. deserve their justice. Um, like Sasha died for no friggin' reason. Yeah, yeah. We all know that um, Cynical Martin Green had to leave because she was doing Star Trek Discovery. But the character mm-hmm. literally died for nothing. She sacrificed herself for nothing. It was all nothing. for nothing. Um, and everyone that died trying to kill this bastard died for nothing. And I'm like, why the hell are they keeping him alive? And now in season nine, we have Rick is like, oh, it's for is he keep him as a reminder of what of what they want the future to be. I'm like, bitch, you don't need to keep Negan alive for that. Like, they all they've all suffered. They all know what's at stake. Like, you don't need to keep that. That sadistic bastard alive like kill him like let him as yes. Kylo Ren said let the past die let him die and the writing mm-hmm. is just awful like it's like yep it's so bad like nothing makes sense they keep making the characters make decisions that is season nine these people have been in the apocalypse um, let me see the timeline for their I would say roughly five years for four or five years and they keep making decisions that they would have made in season one and i think that's ridiculous mm-hmm. it's impossible like they would have learned like you have people firing guns for no reason when a knife and where a knife would work perfectly for any situations people are firing guns like you mm-hmm. know that you do not shoot guns if you do not have to because why it will draw a freaking um a freaking horde and then of course to kill off rick i think they're doing the most abysmal job of how they're gonna exit all right because Ew. um Adrian Lincoln said he's gonna leave and i'm like kudos to you sir get off that sinking ship um and like there there people are gonna be like oh this is such a great parallel to how to the first episode where he wrote um where he was on horse and he found glenn i'm like no this is reductive writing because it's not even a good parallel because it's it's a death it's like it was done so tacky that i saw his death coming a mile away and i'm like okay first he's gonna get a horse he doesn't need to get on on a horse he needed to he could have gone with daryl left why does he stay around to go to do to do what rick do what you your being there is not gonna stop a whole bunch of walkers by yourself he could have gone on with daryl and go and help the people but no he stayed behind because a horse was there he's gonna a horse then lo and behold the horse gets spooked by the walkers he falls off and he gets stabbed by a, by a bunch of rebar poking out of a concrete block really so rick is gonna <sighs> die in the most stupid way possible on walking dead like this character deserves so much better than to die like this he deserved to go in a blaze of glory not to be stuck in his chest yep. by a rebar and he's gonna probably bleed out and turn into walker and then you're gonna have michonne see the love of her life as a freaking walker and she's probably gonna go crazy again and i'm yep. like this is shit sorry watch, excuse my language but it is sorry <laughs> yeah nope, i'm ready to be tagged in okay i agree 100 percent with everything you just said because i am pissed that i saw the preview of how he's gonna die and maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna pull the wool over our eyes but i don't care because all i can think about is the trauma michonne is gonna go through of not knowing if he's dead or alive she's not going to know She's not going to know. Michonne is going to be a wreck. It already almost killed her when her husband and best friend died. Oh, um, and yeah. her baby. Yes. And they're doing the same thing again. And it's like, it's like why? Did, this is the problem with The Walking Dead. There's no growth. It's a mm, cycle. Mm, they mm. they pr- 
they progress a little bit, uh-huh. they do better, they uh-huh. get to a nice, comfortable place, and then something traumatic happens, and then they all take a huge step back, and it repeats constantly. No one ever makes actual growth. No. No, and like, that's my biggest problem. It's like, because Rick, as we know, like, bearded Rick, crazy Rick. Yes. Or, like, haggard-looking Rick, oh, very crazy Rick. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when he's scared and shaking his lip, them cute lips is, like, shaking, that's, like, traumatic Rick. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, he doesn't he doesn't have a chill. This man has not been able to relax At since all. he woke up out of a coma. Like, the only piece he has found is in a coma, so I guess the only piece he's going to find again is in death. Like, uh? Oh, my gosh. That's what... And I'm like, how is him going back to the hospital bed? I'm assuming that's the same hospital. I don't know. I just. Or I like think it's going to be a flashback because he's going to probably be hallucinating. Because remember, they made announcements that um, yeah. um, he was going to that Herschel and Shane and probably some other people mm. that they didn't mention were going to be there. So we all knew. Oh, Shane is popping up. Oh yeah, Maybe for, yeah, watch yeah, it. yeah, yeah, girl, yeah. It's going to be in this episode oh. coming up this Sunday. He's going to see Shane, so you all know he's going to be delirious because he's bleeding out. So he's yeah. going to be delirious. Yeah. So he's going to be dealing with his battling his demons once again because he went through this same crap when when Lori died like I'm tired of this trope this is something that, as I'm you so said tired. it's a cycle they do this all the time when Lori died he went through the whole same traumatic seeing her and hearing having auditory and visual hallucinations he did that when Glenn died it was the same shit now he's now he's yeah. dying they're going back over again like this is not great writing this is this is reductive it's so boring and it's like and it's not even entertaining boring you're just like oh my gosh like you're better than this or you were better than this and then for michonne and then for michonne they're doing the same thing as you as you mentioned when andre and her and mike die she Mm -hmm. lost her mind then because she was walking around the two walkers um yep and then um, I think it was a, it was a season season three because it was before she got with yeah. Rick. She lost her mind again because remember she was walking around and with the horde, and she almost yep. as she saw the walker that looked like her, she was like, "Let me snap out of this." And they're doing mm-hmm. the same thing again this season because um, at the beginning of last epi- at the beginning of the last episode, she could not sleep. Remember she was waking up every time, and she was like, she couldn't sleep. She was going out doing the same thing, killing walkers, going back to bed every night. It's the same cycle: waking up, killing walkers that's how she saw the the, bat, the man hanging from the tree and it's the same thing They're, this is the same thing they've done at least two or three times already with these particular characters and i would say the only character that has had growth since um mm-hmm. season six since after glenn and abraham died was maggie yeah. maggie is the only character thank god florin kwan um like she's the only character that has had any significant growth because I wouldn't even say Carol has had growth because she went back to the same thing where she was living in a freaking cabin like it's the same thing over and over and I'm like this is like oh my god and I love this show I'm tired tired. I mean I mean and I agree like I said we kind of touched on it is like the only person who's had to have who's gotten to have growth is Maggie which is great because I love Maggie yeah but at the same time I'm like livid because I imagined what I would love for this to end. What I wanted to happen was that they would eventually just restart. Humanity would eventually restart. I mean, obviously you have to kill the zombies off. They're going to be a way of life, but you would learn to adapt. You just got to keep, you just got to keep moving along. And that's it. That's what they've been doing. And that's why I saw like him and Michonne would grow old together. Michonne would look ageless because, you know, black don't crack. Um, But it would still be beautiful and it would still be they would be able to have peace together in this hellish world. Yeah, but, um, like nothing's going to be all hunky. It's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows and lollipops for like exactly. forever. But it's going to be difficult. But like you have something to look forward to. That's why I said killing Carl 
was like okay so like when they killed Glenn they killed for me they killed the brain of the show Glenn was oh, the sure. Glenn was the moral compass and he was the one that like Rick thought Rick thinks but Glenn was the one who helped Rick to focus like Michonne, Michonne does it but from she does it as his lover whereas Glenn did it as his mm-hmm. friend and he was like this is where you're going wrong this is what we need to do whereas for Carl mm-hmm. Carl was a heart because Carl it was the beating center Carl was the reason that Rick did everything Rick is like I need to do this for my kids mm-hmm. like I'm gonna wake up every morning I'm gonna fight for my kids and you had Carl. Carl was the future to show. Like, how are you gonna kill off your future? Like, you got all these kids. Yep. So, like, the only other kid is um, Judith. Like, between her yep. and all the adults, there's like a huge age gap. And I'm like, that doesn't. That just doesn't make any sense from a uh, from a strategic and from just like from a, I guess because it was mm-hmm. the word I'm looking for uh, a generational standpoint. Like, you're gonna have like there's like three three four generations between Judith and like the other leaders. Like, that don't make no sense. Oh well, you have like Edith, but like meh. Yep. And, right. Oh, yes. So every again, everything you said is perfect perfection, and I agree. And I think, yeah, we're just tired. I'm and, just tired. Like uh, this, uh, this just, season is gonna be this episode after Rick dies is gonna be my last. I'm not gonna watch it. I love Michonne, mm-hmm. but nah, cause I know they're gonna mess up, and I know how whatever they do after Rick's death is gonna be, mm-hmm. it's all gonna be down here from there. And I'm like, uh, I may follow along the tweets, but I'm not gonna be watching the show. Yeah, I'm just gonna like try to watch this last one i will try to watch michonne's i i just feel like they they have to do a michonne send-off or maybe maggie and michonne will live together and they'll support each other or whatever <laughs> and like just end the damn season y'all can just end it this season they're, they're not ending because they've already announced they're gonna do season 10 no. but i can guarantee no. you the night is not coming back for season 10 when they go on the yeah. mid-season hiatus, she's going to announce mm-hmm. that she's not coming back. Because first at first, they're doing Black Panther 2. But also, she has projects that she's working on. Because she's mm-hmm. doing Americana with um, Lupita Nyong'o. So, like, yeah. she got projects. Like, she, 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 she's stirring her own pot. She don't need MC in this tripe. She, she, they she are all it. better than this. They are. They are better. And we deserve better. And I just think it's gotten to the point where y'all have been depended on this show too much. And now you've let bad writing happen too many times, and we're tired. And okay, we have five more. We have ten seconds. I'm gonna wrap this. I'm gonna wrap my my rant. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, I just don't like that Michonne. Is it okay? Is is what I'm thinking is like I feel like she's becoming almost like the person to carry everybody else's burden and trauma. Yes. Like she's picking up the pieces of like yes, Rick is gonna die, maybe he'll die peacefully. But the fact that that's gonna hurt Michonne so much, that is going to literally kill her on the inside. Mm-hmm. And I'm not ready to see that pain for her. And it's gonna happen. And then like what if she tries to go out and find like there's so many questions I have and like I know the biggest thing is like, Oh, but Rick is gonna die. I'm like, Okay, Rick is gonna die, but what about Michonne? That is really my only thought in yeah. my brain. Because what's that gonna do to her? Yep. I just that is that's really it and I'm just like because y'all don't think y'all just figured let's just kill him off y'all could have just written him and Michonne and Judith out of this and said they was going off somewhere Ugh. I don't or something like or something yeah. to retire but I don't yeah. care they didn't need to kill him off they were like okay Andrew Lincoln is leaving how about we just put the family in it like you know what screw all of this we gotta go raise our family ourselves in the bush somewhere <laughs> exactly like we're tired kill Negan in this because that's why this damn thing has been garbage for so long you let Negan be alive for too long mm-hmm. should have been ended okay you good yeah I'm good okay all right back to our regularly scheduled show um, <laughs> <laughs> we promise Movies. we promise we're, we're not gonna talk about them anymore <laughs> I know but we're doing pretty good look at us we didn't go over too far we're fine no, we're good. um 
But let's dive in. So what did you watch movies wise? Um, so I when I before we were before, while I was preparing my show notes for the show, I realized I have not been to the cinema for the whole month of October. I think mm. I'm wrong. I, I I saw Pariah at the Tiff Bell Lightbox, um, and they had a Q&A session with um, the director, D. Rees, afterwards. So I saw it, but I was, like, at the beginning of the month, so that was, like, just after Tiff. And I have not been to the cinema for October, and I haven't seen any films that came out because I was sick, and then I wasn't able to go. Mm. Um, but this week, I watched um, The Handmaiden, and it's a Korean film, and it's one I, was, I, want, I really, mm. really wanted to watch for a while, but it was I missed it on Netflix, but then it's on Amazon Prime, so watch it. Um, and it is by... It is directed by um, Park Chan-wook, and it's mm-hmm. written by Sarah Waters and it's inspired and, and um, Jung Seo Kyung and it's inspired by a novel called The Fingersmith. So this film is a freaking trip. I love it. Um, <laughs> it's it's sexy. It's beautiful. The mm. cinematography is beautiful. The score is um, is the score is beautiful. Um, but it's sexy. It's beautiful. It's it gets under your skin. It's a thriller. It's a mystery. Um, it's a lot of things. Um, so the the premise of the film is this young girl. So mm-hmm. he, she, she's a, she's a con artist, right? And so she was raised in this family. There are a bunch of con artists and her, um, I don't even know what he is. I don't think they're related by blood or anything. This, um, this guy that she worked with, he, he's a con man too. He, um, he takes on his person of a, of a person called Kong Fujiwara. So he's a Korean who wants to be, who says he wants to be, um, a Jap, Jam. Japanese. So, like, mm-hmm. there was a time in history in, like, um, where Japan, um, you know, they were imperialists and they went and they overtook Korea. And so, like, they basically did what the Amer- what North America, what America did with um, mm-hmm. Puerto Rico. Like, they annexed it and they, and they kind of, and they overtook them. And there, then there was a war and everything. But during this period, this was, so the film takes place in the early 19... 19- 40s between late 1930s and early 1940s. I'm not sure of the date. Um, so, so Kang Fujiwara he goes to this house in like in um in the in a Korean countryside, and there's this strange man known as um he's Uncle Kozuki, and he's weird as hell. So, this mm-hmm. man has he he raised his niece um Lady Hideko, and. I'm trying not to give away the plot because like you have to see this film to believe it. But he raises her to read erotic novels. And so Kao Fujiwara, he, he he's trying to swindle her out of her money. Right? So mm. at least we think that's what it is. And I don't want to say any more regarding that because like it's a really the, the plot takes an amazing um, turn. Uh, there's a there's like two major plot twists, and then the other lead character, um, Suki, played by um, Kim Tae She's this girl, and like, she is like I think she's the only character who is who she says she is, and like you know she's a con artist. So when you she doesn't pretend to be anything else, but mm. um, but the real surprise was Lady Hideko, and they have amazing chemistry, and it's and it has like a, I guess you could say a burgeoning lesbian romance in it, and it and it and I think the director did an amazing job at how he handled it. And when you're watching on Amazon Prime, you know sometimes you get these show notes turned up on the side and kind of. Tell you like the behind the scenes and stuff and 
from what I read, it seems that when he was filming the love scenes with the, with the two female leads, no, no males were on set. So you had only the female boom operator and the two actors. And the filming was done with a remote oh, okay. control camera, right? And he mm-hmm. did it because he wanted to give respect and space to the actors. And I think that's, I think that's a, an amazing thing for a director to do. And I wish more would yeah. do it. And even though he did it with a remote control camera, I don't know how he did it, but the, the shots they use are beautiful. And like the angles he takes with everything. And, and you can tell the actors the actresses felt really comfortable with each other because it felt really natural and it wasn't gratuitous mm-hmm. and it wasn't done like you know for like the male gaze it's just these two women and they're doing what they they have to do well not what have to do but they're like their romance progresses to me naturally and it feels like natural doesn't feel forced and and it's uh, like Korean, I find Korean dramas, and especially they're, they're very good at building tension. And this film builds tension because there's a rebel, there's this um, revelation of a place called the basement. And when it happens, because it's like before, it, before they show it, it's only mentioned like t- t- three times in the film before you actually see it. But you know when it's you know when people mention it it's like what the heck is in this place and when they show it it's like what the hell <laughs> that was literally me <laughs> I was watching I was like what the hell and I'm like uh, <laughs> what <laughs> I'm like this guy is straight up crazy <laughs> like what I was imagining in my head is nothing <laughs> compared to what the play, the actual place is like and, and it's so well done it's it, like the cinematography and the way he frames the characters like especially for the female characters I find I when I was watching it, I realized that they were centered a lot in the shots. So like they mm-hmm. were always the focal points and like a lot of the scenes look like paintings. Like they're they're like the way they stand and the way he shoots and the lighting looks like they're actual paintings. Not come to life, but like if you pause it, it look like it looks like you're looking at a painting. So mm-hmm. like the cinematography was is really well done. And I the way the film progresses to me felt natural. Nothing felt forced about it. And like the mystery is done really well. Like you can't what happens at the end in like it would say the second because it's in three parts. Um you you can't figure it out. Like I I thought I knew what was gonna happen, but I was wrong. And I, I love when I can't predict what's gonna happen in a film. So I would recommend to anyone to watch The Handmaiden. It's on Amazon Prime. Go watch mm-hmm. it before it goes. <laughs> I'm down. I, I'm, look, it, the way you recapped it, I'm already captivated by it. And I think I saw the trailer. Like, I remember, like, you know how, like, sometimes things are just suggested to you on Amazon Prime? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I at least watched the trailer for it, but it was a while ago. So mm. I'm like, now I really want to go check it out. I want to go check it out again just to make yeah, sure I didn't, like, the f- glance over at it. But, yeah, the film like, came no. out in, um... 2016 okay yeah huh well i'm down i love like i love things that have like a twist ending that you don't see coming obviously like you can you know it's fine you you saying what you said is fine but you know you know what i mean like i can still like go into it and like wipe my mind of it yeah so it's fine but i'm saying it's kind of like i don't know what I mean, what was the genre? What kind of genre would you say it is? Like, it's not exactly like. Is it thriller? Or I, is it, I like, would say mystery? it's. A, I would say it's a romantic mystery or a thriller. Okay. It's, like it's it. thriller in the fact that it's not like there's not like violence with like people dying or whatever. There's like a, a, a little yeah. bit of a thing of thing, but I would say it's. Um, I would say yes, yeah, it's, it's a it's a romantic mystery. Mm, yeah, I'm down. I love mysteries. Yes, that sounds awesome. Going to add it to my list. You would, so I, it's, it's a beautiful film. Like I, I, it's really well done. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like I said, I'm sold. Oh, I love movies like that. Um, 
Okay. Oh, yeah, now it's my turn. Um, Let's see. Oh, yeah. So, nobody judge me. Honestly, I don't care if you judge me. I saw Venom. And I liked it. Tell us. I'm happy. It's one more. I mainly went... I'm stuttering. I'm sorry. It's late. I mainly went for Tom Hardy mm-hmm. and Riz Ahmed. Like, those are my main two motivations for going. Yeah, ain't I nobody mad at you for that. Yeah, yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that at all. Um, I went in with not super high expectations because I'm learning with a lot of these movies. Like, when we try to do, like, new comic book stories, people put so much damn pressure on them to be, like, just like the comics. Like, I have talked to a few people who want to, who plan to go see it, and they're like, oh, it's not connected to the universe, or, oh, it's, like, it's wrong. He's in San Francisco, and he's not working for the Daily Bugle, and you can't tell a story about Venom without telling a story about Spider-Man. I'm just like, this is what's wrong. Y'all can't just enjoy shit. You just can't go and watch it. And, like, maybe you'll enjoy this new retelling of this character. Yeah. I'm just Because comic books have retold different stories and different origins. I think this is, like, it borrows different elements. Like, I don't I don't read a bunch of comics. I don't, like, read comics all the time. Um, but I know enough about Venom and Eddie Brock, where it's, like, Eddie Brock is a reporter. He um, is, he becomes Venom, or, like, also called Agent Venom and, like, the, and different you know, franchises. But the point is, he's Venom, or Venom attached to him. So I like this one, and it's like, uh, to set it up, he's in San Francisco, it's hinted at by his fiance at the time, in the beginning of the movie, that he left, he was ran out of New York, so they kind of touch on the fact that, oh, he got into trouble in New York, so he had to come to San Francisco, blah, blah, blah. They're talking about getting married, they're engaged, he is a reporter, um, he kind of is framed as like this famous um, reporter journalist who goes and like uncovers stories. Like they kind of hinted at like the um, the pipeline issue, the Dakota Access Pipeline. Like you know, buzzworthy words talking about like ho- the homeless issues and homeless crisis and Oakland. You know, like calling out like, oh, he's a real reporter. He cares about people and yeah. human issues. Kind of like framing him up that way. So he cares about the truth and getting the story, and he's very ambitious. However, he's a selfish asshole oh, wow. because he, his girlfriend, his fiance at the time is a lawyer. And so he was on her, he woke up one time, saw an email came in from her to her laptop, saw the email was related to someone he was going to go interview, which was Riz Ahmed, who is the villain in the movie. And he reads it and he's like, oh snap, your laboratories is killing people. What's up with that? Like what happened? Like you do, because in the story, Riz Ahmed's character is framed as a, let's say, mm, what was the Apple's guy name? Damn. Steve Jobs? Yeah, he's kind of like Steve Jobs meets Elon Musk, but very, with a very low, like, he comes off as, like, caring about the environment, like, we're going to cure cancer, we're going to find this, we're going to help people, but, like, there's nothing is, nothing is impossible, we can solve all the world's problems um, with science, and then, but he's willing to let people die in the process of doing those things, like, he's willing to use homeless people as test subjects to get the, to find the cure for cancer, so that is why that's a bad thing. So, yeah. And he kind of, it's weird seeing Riz Ahmed as the villain. Like, he could be sinister, but he's like this chippy, cheery dude. He's like, oh, snap, the test subject died. The per- You mean, like, the person in front of you just died? He's like, bring in another one. Oh, wow, yeah. I'm just like, oh. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, cool. You can be sinister, but, like, it's just so weird because his tone didn't change. Um, 
so yeah, the premise of the show, this Riz Ahmed's company had a spaceship out in space. They came back. They had samples, which were the symbiotes, which if y'all don't know, the symbiotes are like venom species. Yeah. Slimy, um, gack-looking things that just bounce around and attach themselves to people. Right. So there's more than one? There's more than one, yeah. In the comic books, it's really interesting. Like, there's ones that have their own personality, just like Venom. Right. Venom has his own world and planet. Like, so he's not just the only one like him. Um, So that was a really interesting... I want to probably go and read that a little bit more. Um, So then four of the... They have four samples. They crash land. And then it's actually found out that, like, one of the samples broke loose. Right. And, like, that comes into play later. Um, But then Venom and everyone's captured. And... I'm not going to give an entire recap because I think y'all should go watch it and enjoy it. Just again, don't go in it with super high expectations. That's going to be like Spider-Man homecoming or something from the MCU. Um, and that's not to say that it's not a, it's not a good movie. It's, I think it's really good, but sorry. Eventually Venom attaches to Eddie. Right. After all this stuff, after Eddie got into trouble trying to expose Riz Ahmed's character, um, Eddie, got fired from his job and his fiance broke up with him. So now Eddie's like in a very low place in his life. Like he's just like, he feels like he's a loser. He can't find a job. He's like really down on himself. It's, <laughs> I was listening to another podcast review of this movie and they just like, does it seem like they made him look uglier in the movie? Who, Tom Hardy? He had... Yeah, Tom Hardy. They were just like, <laughs> they make him ugly. Maybe made him look <laughs> rougher. Make... Roughed him I up. think they roughed him up. Yeah, they like they let him get like roughened up a little bit, not like in a sexy way. And I was just like, no, I'm still here for it. But yeah, but eventually, um, Venom finds his way to Tom to Eddie, and he bonds to his body. And it's kind of like it really became like a buddy cop kind of movie with them too, because it's funny to hear Venom's voice telling Eddie to do things, right? Like eat the tater tots, and it's just in this super dark voice. <laughs> Um, or it's like, oh, I know what we'll do. We'll bite off the heads and leave them in a pile. And he's like, we're not going to do that. It's just, they're just talking to each other. And I think that's what I really enjoyed. Because, like, you know, we're familiar with characters with two personalities. Like yeah. um, Bruce Banner and the Hulk. Right. Um, and I think where they failed, or now that they finally got to a good place with the Hulk and Bruce Banner, is that they treat them as two people. Well, which they are, right? Like Bruce... Huh? They kind of are because the Hulk has his own personality. Yeah, he has his own personality, but everyone has always treated him as if, like, I think in Thor Ragnarok, we really got to see him with his own personality. Exactly. Versus people saying that Bruce is the Hulk. No, he's it's not. Like, exactly, he's not. Bruce is Bruce and the Hulk is the Hulk. And I think the same thing goes for Venom and Eddie. Venom uses Eddie as a parasite. Like, he uses Eddie to live and survive. Right. And Eddie provide he's a host and like they both have their different personalities but they work together and it's like they um i can't they're symbiotes that's 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 how symbiote works so symbiote bonds to the host and they each get something out of it like for instance with the with venom like eddie gets Mm -hmm. like strength and speed or whatever and the symbiote he gets eddie he uses eddie um because he can do things that that Venom can't do because he's a blob, right? So, like, he's able to, like, manipulate his body and use him for whatever he needs to do. Yes. So that's how, that's, how symbiosis, that's how symbiosis works, whereas, like, a parasite, a parasite only takes. A parasite does not give, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. Exactly. And you see, this is, again, why you're the best co-host, because I was struggling there. And that is why you know, it's called a symbiote. <laughs> and that just flew over my head for a second. Yeah, that's exactly. okay. You do things for me that's that I can't. But that's kind of like one of... 
I'll try. That's like one of the tro- that's like one of the jokes in the movie is that Venom hates being called a parasite. Right, because he's not. He takes an offense to. Yeah, he's not. He's like, no, I like I help you, you help me, and it's like it, I just really like their relationship. I think Tom Hardy. It was nice seeing him in a role like this, like because he came to like he was Eddie's in a low place and he has a little less confidence, and it's kind of weird where it's like, why would Tom Hardy, the way he looked, have low confidence? Right. But then it's like, no, you can go through a rough patch in your life and feel like shit mm-hmm. and you know you sometimes you need to connect with the symbiote who's gonna help you pick you up but i enjoyed it it was fun it's a nice movie you don't have to think that hard it i think i want this to do well and get a sequel because it's made a lot of money but i would like for there to be more movies where everything doesn't have to be connected and do well yeah, I haven't watched it yet. So I might, if I, I, I might probably see on like a, on like next Tuesday because my sister said we want to go and watch some films. Like we haven't, I haven't seen the hate you gave. I still oh, haven't watched same. Searching. I'm hoping it's still showing in the cinemas here. Um, mm. Yeah, there's like a few movies I haven't seen, so like I have a list. <laughs> I just need it to be like, oh, you know what? Thanksgiving is coming up for around here, so I'll be able to go see a few movies. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you guys, but- yeah, you guys have your Thanksgiving after us. We are, we had our Thanksgiving a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. Look at that. Yeah. Oh. Canadian but Thanksgiving. Yeah. We just need we need to just be able to catch up on all the things we want to watch. Because I wanted to see Bad Times at the El Royale. Right. And- I want to watch that. With, uh, Chris Hemsworth and his Jeez. sexy stomach. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> we could do this all night. All day. All right. I think this is a good place to end. So, yeah. Anyways, in closing... Let's see. I don't have anything to announce. At me either. Okay. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Well, as always, you can find me on Twitter at LA underscore N-E-Y underscore S-H-A. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E-C-N-H-1-2. And on Instagram. I finally remember that I have an Instagram account and I will be posting pictures periodically. So we're going to be seeing some cute pictures of you. Hey, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, look at that eagle. I literally, I literally forgot I had an Instagram account. Like, and like, oh wait, I do have one. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And as always, y'all can follow us on at. You can follow the show on Twitter also <laughs> at s h w h underscore pod. That's so. Here's what happened. Um, we're trying to become more engaging on there. Me too. We're trying to. We- yeah. <laughs> It's just, I, I want to know what people want. Like, like do y'all, y'all I'm, I want to put this out there anyways. Are y'all interested in doing live tweets with us? Because I feel like that would be something fun. Like, obviously, me and you participate in, li- in live tweets anyways. Like, you yeah. your Saturday night sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think it'd be awesome if, like, if we could do, like, I would have join in with the handle when you have one and I'm available. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just, I just want to put it out there that like, Hey y'all, we want to engage more on there. So if you have suggestions or maybe if we just want to do a community live tweet, like if there's one of the shows that Ooh. somebody wants to suggest and we watch it. Yeah. You know, we can so. do that. And also I'm going to, I will try to like, I've been want, meaning to join you and Kate with, um, with the, the, did you have to oh, watch did you that? Have to? <laughs> I did. Did you have to? I've been meaning to. Like, yeah. I really wanted to do the one with Death Note, but wait, there was a reason I could. Oh, I think oh. I was sick, so I wasn't able to. But I really wanted to join in with that one because I know you were like perturbed to the max for that one. Yep. But yeah, but yes, mm-hmm. but yes. <coughs> Excuse me. 
But let us know if there's any films or shows you would like like us to live tweet. And as you said, we can take part with each other's live tweets with for you. It's like, did you mm-hmm. have to? And with me, Saturday Night Sci-Fi. And, you know, any film recommendations or stuff you would like us to watch and discuss on the podcast, let us know. Yep. Let Hit us up. Because, like, we like, we like mingling. Mm-hmm. We like, you know, connecting with folks. And it's fun. And it's nice having a community to connect with on here. So, yeah. And with that, I like I said, I have nothing, literally. I mean, go listen to any of the other But Why Though podcast community podcast. Mm-hmm. I'd like to, like, go and support our community. <laughs> yeah. So that's it for me. And that's it for me, too. All right, then. Bye. Bye. <laughs>